In 2021, Japan produced a remake of the cult film Cube. Much like the original, a group of strangers must avoid traps as they desperately try to escape their mysterious new prison. Consider as curious to see what this Japanese version adds to the film. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me is Tara. Konnichiwa. <laughs> Welcome. As a science fiction movie podcast, we talk about a sci-fi movie we watched. It's quite that simple. And to round off the Cube franchise, there is a fourth movie now, which was a shock to find out last year when we started doing these. But in 2021, Japan had a remake of Cube. And that is what we're going to talk about today. So obviously we did the, the entire original trilogy, and this is the, 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 the new entry, which I was very curious to see what it would be. Obviously, you know, it's, it's billed as a remake, so I expect it would probably have a lot of what the original movie was, but I figured they're probably going to put in their own flavor of things. There's probably going to be some unique elements. Uh, and lo and behold, there is. Uh, most of them we can't really talk about until spoilers but you know we'll, we'll get to that so we'll start spoiler free as we do uh we'll we'll give you a warning before we get into those but uh yeah i mean the premise is the same group of strangers wake up in a cube it is nothing but cube shaped rooms connected to other cube shaped rooms some of them have traps in them and that's it it feels it feels weird not to add anything extra onto it because it's the fourth <laughs> one but it is, it is literally a remake of the first one so it, it could be somebody's first cube also well I, I think it probably is for a lot of people in japan <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people who do watch american movies in japan in fact i i think they're quite big there but i suspect that the, the whole point of this is that it is hitting an audience that doesn't know the first cube and is just wowed by what the premise is but uh there is definitely other things added and there are definitely pivots away from what the original did so we'll get into all that later but uh, uh we'll have to just have a quick spoiler free section before we can talk about all that so we'll, we'll, we'll get into it so tara you were notably <sighs> criminally unfair with the first film uh you were very harsh uh downright i don't know uncultured <laughs> a swine one might say what the phrase is uncultured swine. I, I was being cute and splitting up. Mm -hmm. It was it was it was a joke. Some people get my humor, okay? Right? I know. To to you, it's it's like it's uh like Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind with all the equations and the stuff on the wall. But to other people, that was hilarious, and they loved mm -hmm. it. Okay, they're writing their fan mail as we speak. Yep, everybody loves complex humor. <laughs> All right, what did you think of the Cube remake? I didn't like it very much. <gasps> I mean, I thought it was kind of a pointless remake. Um, I thought the characters were all pretty bland, or they do that thing where they just have a camera on someone's face while they're, like, shaking intensely for a long period of time and taking long breaths and... They're going off into their own world in their head, and you're like, oh, come on, it's going to take so long. <laughs> I actually sped the movie up at the the last, like, fourth of it. <laughs> like, I can't handle how long everything is taking. 
That, that is... I thought it was a bit soulless and hollow and Ooh. not very interesting. And the stuff that was remade was um like fine. Like it didn't really need. I, I don't know. It was so close to the original that it seemed kind of pointless to make. And yet the characters were so dull that I didn't think that there was a point to them either. I don't know. What do you think? That was just a sea of negativity. I, uh, the, <laughs> I guess I, I was like expecting it. something. <laughs> I, I was expecting something more in the middle, I guess. But you, you came out swinging uh, there. Um, I started in the middle, and then the movie by the end, I was just like, no, nope, not for me. I don't know. I was kind of. I'm definitely more positive than you are, but it's definitely kind of a weird entry because as it started, I was like, okay, the smartest thing this can do is not just have. I mean, I assumed they would have different names, even if they did just do the exact same characters. But they don't do the same characters. They're they're different, right? There's a different set of characters from the first one. And part of me thought, well, if it's a different set of characters, is it basically just a sequel at that point that's just kind of separate? But it does do enough things directly from the first movie that it is a remake. There's enough set-piece moments where they take the thing that happened there and they do their take on it. Uh, Sometimes about as well, sometimes a bit worse. And then I do, th- I, I will agree that, or I will disagree that it, it feels pointless in the sense that I do think it does put its own spin on it. Like, I think it pivots quite a lot once you get into, say, the back half. And it starts having a more direct idea of, like, what this place is and why they're here in a way that the original doesn't. But it's not like what the Cube Zero movie did, where it, you know, th- that gave you a kind of. That more- one was way more fun. I don't know if I agree with that. I think this is better than the other two sequels. I think this is the second best Cube movie. So I'm going to fight you on that. This is probably my least favorite. <sighs> I'm not surprised. This is probably at the bottom for me. I'm not surprised. At least you don't like it more than the first one. I mean, I'll, I'll take I'll take solace in that. Yeah. <clears throat> I think zero, the first one, <laughs> the second two. one, and this one. This is why you're fired. This is why you're so fired. <laughs> you think Cube Zero is better than the original Cube? That's yeah, because it's entertaining. <laughs> it's got cool characters in it who do fun stuff and are interesting. Uh, absolute mind numbing. This uh, look. I just. I, I think this this movie actually reminded me of something bizarrely as it went on, and I won't say what it is until spoilers because it kind of talks about kind of where it goes. But it reminded me of a very a very specific thing as it was going on, where it was like, okay, it's taking this approach to what the cube actually is, and I thought that's a little interesting. I kind of dig the vibe that gives. What I will say though, compare it to the original though, is that despite the fact that it has more of a character arc, I will say the characters are a little less interesting because when we did the first movie, we talked a lot about how the characters all kind of represent different types of people. And it was kind Mm -hmm. of like that, you know, society in a bottle where like, okay, you've got one person who represents the fascism, one person who represents the, uh, the young kind of bright and, you know, the one person who's the jaded employee, so on and so on. This kind of doesn't have that and instead takes a completely different approach where it's, no, no, no. This is about uh, a character's like, arc and them getting over something from their past right and that's a valid thing to do as well but i do think inherently half the characters in this don't feel as memorable to me as the characters in the original despite the fact that the acting wasn't amazing in the original i think those characters hold up better in my memory than these characters will those characters all had a purpose 
whereas these ones do not these ones are just like i don't know you kind of like um you have archetypal characters i suppose in this and the ones that you expect are going to like not really contribute anything except to our main character like do <laughs> and that's it like that's their only purpose is just to serve the main character and it's like well why are they there then like uh, well, what I, is the point of this i think that is actually uh, just a point to make there's something you said there is that there is a main character which is different from the original cube cube i wouldn't say there's any one person who feels like the main character you know they very yeah i suppose because no, I think that's a, I think it's a good point because the first movie it just kind of shifts between this ensemble, and there's maybe a few that feel more prominent than the others, but this movie absolutely does have a main character. There's definitely you know Goto is the main character of this movie. It's his story by and large. Yeah. So that is again, it's a difference from that movie. So uh, you know, I I think there's it's worth pointing that out because it is a big difference from a script writing perspective. Sure. Um, his, uh, his character journey and like the flashbacks we get of his life, I found a little bit, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think that it was, um, I don't know, anything that he should be punished for, you know, like we don't really know why he's in the cube. They have these speculations. And like, one of the things is just what we learn about in his flashbacks that we get. And I felt that was a bit overdramatic and not very satisfying as a reason for why he's in the cube and the the journey that he goes through i didn't really enjoy i found it kind of predictable but also like not just that but so the characters are are different than the first film but the plot points are like the exact same thing like the beat for beat almost like things happen and you're like okay i've, I've seen this movie already like that's where the remake thing comes in uh, well but I, I, for about half of it it changes quite a bit in the second half <clears throat> Maybe, i mean uh, well, not like you, that much you can't, no, it does you can't <laughs> argue that it absolutely does there's huge differences once you get to that second half um I don't think so. Like when I was watching, I was like, "Oh, I remember this," and like, well, the, obviously they have to go here because everything else has been the same. <clears throat> well, you can't talk about it without going into spoilers. Yeah, I, I know, but it's just so weird <laughs> you're fighting me on this because like, no, there's definitely huge differences in the second half of the movie. Those ideas they still use not enough that weren't like that didn't make it the plot predictable. Well, that's a weird. I mean. I, I hate defining a, a movie's plot as predictable or not because by and large if it's predictable it, it can often mean that it's just set up well that you can see where it's going because they've actually planted the seeds properly not that I'm necessarily disagreeing that there's elements of this that aren't very very telegraphed um, I just think that's a weird thing to say where you're like oh well is there, is there enough of the original movie still in there I can still see where it was going <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, 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 it's like even if it's not a remake like if you're watching like Friday the 13th part 4 and you're like you know, I think Jason's going to kill a lot of these people. I've just got a sneaking suspicion. They're not doing anything <laughs> different here. Well, there's no Jason in this, but, you know, there are people that we suspect maybe turn into a killer. <laughs> I mean, you're just saying that because someone did that in the first movie, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, I do, I do, like, honestly, when I looked up, uh, I didn't know what anyone thought of this movie. 
and I was surprised to see it had a 4.5 on IMDb when I opened it up before the start of the review because that is yeah. very harsh. Like that, that is like mimic three kind of levels of of rating, and that is absurd. This movie is not at that level, right? I don't think it's like um, a. <laughs> it's definitely. I would think like when you said there was a modern day Japanese remake of Cube. I mean, weren't you a little bit excited about, like, the possibilities of that? And I found the film to be kind of toothless, and, you know, a lot of the gore things were just really backed out on, and um, a lot of the the risks that characters could take um, aren't taken because, like, we don't want this character to die or something, so it's, or, like, I don't know, like, nothing is, there's no brutality in this that that I felt in the first film. That I was really looking forward to in the Japanese remake of Cube. <laughs> I mean, I no, I guess I can kind of get what you're saying there, but I think there's some interesting ideas that it does kind of put forth. But I, 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 I can't talk about them until spoilers. Uh, all any of the things that I think did make this a little bit interesting as a new version of Cube, which is not as good as the first movie. Like I think it's a decent movie. I don't think it's a great movie or or even like a really good movie. I think, but I had a decent enough time watching it. I, I didn't think it dragged on. I thought it went in at a decent pace. Um, <laughs> there was some moments in there that I quite enjoyed, particularly in the second half when it started to really change and, and do things a little bit differently. Um, for for me, I thought this was easily better than two or zero. I you know I, I like, but for whatever reason, this franchise is something we just disagree on with every single movie. In fact. Cube 2 might be the closest we have been to agreeing on any of these entries by the sounds of it thus far. Um, but I, I suspect that the negative ratings online, though, are more from just people who are mad that there was, it was a remake. Because even if you look at Rotten Tomatoes, there's not enough reviews for it to have a Rotten Tomatoes score. But the two critic reviews that are there are both positive, but the mm-hmm. audience scores are like 22%. And I feel like those people who are just mad that a movie they like got remade, and they're, you know, they've probably not even seen the movie in some cases you know that that just kind of yeah, happens. I mean, happens and like don't get me wrong this did not need to exist right and cube the original stands on its own it doesn't need sequels it doesn't need a remake it doesn't need any of those things and in the future when i want to watch cube i'll watch the original movie but partly because this is obviously taking a lot from that first one this is definitely the one that's the closest to feeling like the original you know because cube 2 felt like this weird clinical thing that was very very different cube zero was kind of going for the vibe but it was so focused on other things that it it felt like an afterthought this at least was like okay we're doing cube again but of course that also comes with the oh there's the book can fly and i guess we're doing the book and oh we're doing the numbers we're we're doing the things that that cube one did that makes Mm -hmm. sense Uh, and i wasn't sure how far they were going to go with some of that stuff and like are we going to do this the same beats with that and they kind of did to a point. They kind of did a little shake up here or there with some of the details, but nothing super different. Um, but like I say, all this, all the things that it does change are all like super spoiler, especially for people who have seen Cube and are interested in this remake. I feel like the the one thing we could spoil for them is what's different about it, because all the stuff that's different is not in the core concept. It's in all the stuff that it starts to do later on it reveals some more things and it does some things yeah if you're, if you're a cube fan i feel like telling you any of the things that this does differently other than the fact that it's different characters is the spoilers that you you know you, you don't want so um 
I would say it's worth a watch. I, I think I got enough out of it that I'm glad I watched it to see, like, a different take on the, the idea. Um, and I'm, I'm actually kind of... I'm looking forward to talking about some of those different ideas, but um, I, I, do, I, I do think the internet and clearly by extension Tara has been a bit, bit in the harsh side. Uh, maybe. I, I just I, didn't I think... find it to be entertaining enough. I think you were expecting like them to go into a cube and like a Takashi Miike film like would play out when the trap starts. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> nipples being ripped off and or, oh yeah, all sorts. I I thought yeah I want I want brutality in my in my Japanese cube. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I think we'll give the spoiler warning because I feel like at this point all we can do is dance around everything that's actually interesting to talk about. All right. So spoilers then, we, we said the setup's pretty simple. It's the same as the original Cube. They wake up and they're in the jumpsuits. Much like the original, they do remember who they are. Their memories aren't wiped, but much like the original, they don't know how they got here. They, 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 they briefly talk about, you know, where they were before they came here. Not as much as the original, though. They definitely pivoted away from that a bit more in this one, where... They, I think they avoided a lot of the same conversations. Like, was, there was a lot of conversations in the original movie about who built this place, and is it a conspiracy, and is it this, is it that, and then, the, the, the like, the differing opinions starting to argue about it. That wasn't mm-hmm. really a thing here. They kind of dodged that. Either maybe because they wanted it to be different, or maybe just because whoever was making this wasn't as interested in that. But that definitely at least made it feel like it wasn't trying to do the same social commentary as the, yeah. the, the original, which... I think. I mean, I think to be fair, as a negative overall, but I at least appreciate that they were trying something different, at least with that. Yeah, they. Uh, I think it makes it less interesting, um, because that's that's the good part in Cube is I'm I'm not obviously I'm not really a huge fan of it already, but the the big like holistic approach of looking at the film as a big old allegory is more fun than actually the movie yeah. is for me. <laughs> so, um, but you remove that in this and you're just, now you're just following this one guy who is scared um, for the most part and all the characters, like they don't, they keep things really close to the chest and maybe it is to avoid, you know, conversations from the first film. But at the same time, I'm like, well, everyone's just kind of not talking to each other and people are asking questions and no one's given any answers. And I find that frustrating in films a lot when people just decide, just ignore uh, characters constantly. Like just answer a freaking question. <laughs> I mean, people I don't act this way. I agree to a point, <laughs> but I do think the movie has gives, gives some hints for some of them enough that I actually built like a, you know, I, I had, like, a solid feeling of what the movie was trying to do, where the main character, Goto, clearly has this traumatic incident in his past, which you see, like, quick glimpses of, where he had an, a, an abusive father who abused his brother, and his brother ended up committing suicide. That's what we see in the flashbacks. And he not only failed to save him, but he kind of, like, almost kind of said the wrong things, right? You know, when his brother was on the ledge of the roof, he basically says, toughen up, like, I got through it, you should too. He wasn't, you know, sympathetic or anything like that. Uh, it's effectively maybe indicating that he's kind of becoming like his father, like his father's treatment of him has kind of started to turn him into his father at this point. Um, for me, the little hints of the other characters, um, you know, particularly, so you've got the, the, the one who's like the, 
the smart one who's like the one who's using the boots in the first place who doesn't really mm-hmm. have a parallel in the original movie i thought he might be like a mix of the cop plus the escape artist but he actually ends up being being kind of just a, a different thing entirely uh ultimately he's kind of this like heroic quiet guy who ultimately yeah, he's, sacrifices himself he's just almost like an older brother figure to our lead guy yeah kind of kind of but he says a couple of things that imply he's got regrets um the old man has a speech at one point. Obviously, there's another character who turns out to just be a psychotic serial killer, so we'll talk about him later. But the vibe I was getting from this, bizarrely, as it went on, and it was becoming this kind of, like, they're all here because of something like this. I was getting a lot of Silent Hill in this movie. And that was kind of a weird realization as it was going on, how much Silent Hill, particularly Silent Hill 2, because the whole idea of Silent Hill is that it's this place that you go to when you've got this trauma and guilt over something that you can't get over. Um, I'm going to spoil the ending of Silent Hill 2, the video game here, okay? For anyone who doesn't know the, what you know the ending of Silent Hill 2, I'm about to drop it on you. But... I'm not going to play it. <laughs> yeah. You find out at the end of that movie, because you've been looking... The character you're playing as has been looking for his wife, who died years ago, is that the, the twist is, is that you killed your wife. Like, the character killed his wife. And the reason why he's in Silent Hill is because he he can't live with the the memory and the guilt of this, and it's all about kind of unpacking those those demons and sort of finding like out you know independent. I mean, it's a game and there's multiple endings, so the ending can be either be your character commits suicide, which is insane that that can be the ending of the game, or it can be something a bit more hopeful where maybe you can sort of learn to move on and and do something else um and it was context it wasn't like he just got mad and killed her she was like sick and he chose to you know end her life kind of thing it was you know there was there was there was context to it but i was getting those vibes from this especially when it as the as the movie went on it started to be clear that some body or presence or entity was reacting to what they were doing in the cube there's moments in this and this is very unlike the first movie where a room that wasn't trapped will become trapped because they don't like that the characters are, are seeing something that another a previous team have drawn in the wall and it starts messing with things. And then later on, the lights in the, the room start to change based on the mood that's happening, like in the conversation. And when they get to near the edge of the cube, there's a room that scans the main guy go and plays out his flashback for him to see. And the others that are with him see it as well. And I'm like, I'm getting such Silent Hill vibes, but this is all about him getting over this trauma. And I'm not saying it's as good as Silent Hill 2, but I thought it was a very interesting place to take a Cube movie because a lot of what we talk about in the first Cube is like, okay, what is this place? Who built it? And we loved how ambiguous that first movie was. It's like, you know, I I hate that 3 or 0, I should say, especially tries to sort of pin it down into this like political stuff. I loved it. But I loved it could be aliens it could be the government it could be an experiment it could be something else it you know could be a black mirror style thing this while it gives a more concrete kind of not answer but like a direction and an answer might be which is it's more of this ethereal i want to say purgatory that you might be able to fight your way out of based on if you can grow from whatever you've done but especially since like whenever you get a glimpse of the operating system it looks kind of sci-fi it looks like oh the, this feels like aliens have built this thing <laughs> because of all the stars i'm seeing and the it looks like the AI hologram of the cube that's spinning around 
yeah yeah it looks like there's yeah but uh, like you could totally tell me that whoever built this place for these people to like do what they're doing and getting over their trauma is like, I, I guess i'm saying it get felt over a bit your more... trauma or die <laughs> it's a little jigsaw when you put it that way uh but it kind of felt uh, well I they've always I... kind of had a saw vibe to them uh, I, I don't know if i agree with that but I, I, for me this felt like it had an ethereal kind of vibe in a way that was a little bit different to the other movies and i'm not saying i prefer it but i at least appreciated that it was doing something a little bit different and it wasn't like it felt less lame to me than anything cube zero tried to say about like what the cube was and i i, I appreciate that and tara's scoffing at me because she loves cube zero for some stupid reason but... i don't love cube zero but i like cube zero because it's entertaining and it's fun and it tries to do something that is more interesting this is just like oh it's it's trauma and now we can project your your trauma onto one of the walls for some reason i didn't like that <laughs> okay it just turned into like a movie screen so that everyone could watch and like why are these people here still like why are the other two people there at that point oh because they came in the room with them yes and that's it. That's their only. That's their only reason for being there is because once a kid and once a, a woman. He's like, well, if we can't. They have to like live. Obviously, our he, our guy has to get over his trauma and save these two because they're like, they're the the woman and child, and it makes us like well, him. Well, okay, I, I think that's no. I think that's been really weird and dismissive for two reasons. One, the kid's very important as a character. He's the, he's the second most important character because the whole point is the kid is the one who's going to actually learn from this and get out, right? And the whole point is is that the kid's a second chance for our main character to save a little brother character, right? This is, you know, like Ripley had you after the loss of her daughter, this is him getting another chance to save his little brother. That's who this character is. So that's important in that sense. And the woman, I, I did have some weird feelings about this character throughout the movie. Because I, I kind of kept noticing how little... Sh like, every other character had a personality. Every other character, you might not think they were important, but they all had something. I could tell you something about all of them. They all had a thing. She just kind of stood around and occasionally asked a question, and I thought, this is really weird, and, like, is this just misogynistic, how little this woman character has to do? And this doesn't excuse that, per se, but, like, right at the very end, it turns around and pulls, like, a little... Oh no, she wasn't really one of them the entire time. So, you know, when you say, oh, she has to be there in the room with them because she's the woman, I'm like, well, yeah, but she's not a woman. Like, the, the end of the movie makes it clear she is not a woman. Well, I mean, when you watch the movie, though, it, it's it's very much like, I don't know, it just seems to project exactly who's going to survive because it, it seems basic that way. I mean, no, I mean, no that's, a, that's a fair <laughs> critique, but I'm just, like, I'm just, I'm, picking apart specifically what you said about that scene because that character turns out to be like an avatar for the operating system that runs this place or an android that that helps with running this place but because you know the end of the movie she goes and meets the next team she goes and meets the next group of characters and says you know hello who are you all mm -hmm. and that's how the movie ends but she drops the act when you know, when they, they get to the exit and the kid's about to step out and she's like hey you know are you willing to go back there even if nothing's changed? And the kid says, I'm the one who needs to change. And it's like, he's learned something and he walks off into the light. I, you know what? I think if nothing else, I appreciate this was actually kind of a happy ending where, 
oh, this kid actually is getting to go back to the real world. He's not just going to be shot in the head the second he steps outside the cube because no one can know this place exists. <laughs> like, I kind of appreciated that optimism. You don't know that. You haven't watched the third Japanese cube movie <laughs> Shut yet. up. No, 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 no. I, I, I appreciated that optimism. And maybe it's just because we did the sequels recently and I just kind of felt like they were so just, like dour in a very uninteresting way at least this had like it had a bit of hope at the end it had a bit of hope that you know this like the sacrifice of the other characters has saved this kid and this kid who looks like he's been abused as well which does beg the question as as to exactly why he's in here you know like did he do something as well that he's got trauma over he's very quiet of course he never talks for a lot of the movie until he opens up a little bit so me yeah um, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> everyone who's in the cube seems to just service Goto and his story. It, it doesn't really seem like it's. I don't know. I just am disappointed that the allegory thing it seems to be gone. Instead, it, there's just a replacement, like, oh, like a, an older brother who's willing to sacrifice himself to save me when I'm in trouble, and another version of my younger brother that I can save, and woman and <laughs> old man who's like the opposite of the kid or what the kid might turn into or something if he stays on the same track um <clears throat> and serial killer i mean yeah but I, I, like you're just sort of listing them off though you're being a bit dismissive in terms of like you know if you meet them on because it's the movie's also terms, boring like... <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry, I'm actually trying to analyze the characters here and have a conversation about them, but we can't go anywhere if you're just going to say they're boring and leave it at that. Okay. <clears throat> that wasn't an invitation to just say that and leave it at that. <laughs> well, okay, well, who do you want to talk about? Well, you know, the old man represents, you know, he's this jaded, cynical asshole. Like, he's nice enough when he thinks he's just being rescued when they first meet him. And then he's like, wait, this isn't a rescue team? Like, you're all in here with me, like I am, and we have to figure our way out. And then he just keeps complaining about the younger characters throughout the course of the movie, and ultimately meets a, you know, I will say this, I think that, because, so he's the victim of the, the killer, right? So the killer is the seemingly very friendly guy named Ochi, who's the first one who really talks to anyone at the start. And he turns out to have a bit of a tick, and then eventually, when he's left alone with the homeless man, or not the homeless man, sorry, the old man, not the homeless man, the old man, uh, and they get separated. Maybe they're all homeless, yeah. They get separated because these bars come up in the middle. It's like the cube wants to separate them. And the old man's alone with Ochi, and because the old man's saying, hey, you know, I hate people like you who blame the world for everything. Um, which, you know, is kind of what the ending relates to as well when the kid says, no, it's me that needs to change, not the world. Um, I actually thought the way he dies was quite good and was a more, like, visceral death than, you know, because I think the one thing you can say about this remake versus that original is that this does clearly have a bit more money in it. And some something as simple as these death scenes in the traps, for the most part, do look better. They may not necessarily be as exciting because I, I think the the example we'll get to is the the quiet room. Like we'll talk about that and how it compares to the original. But um, I I thought that death was was good. I I also thought it was set up kind of nice because there was this little moment like before it came back to them. There was a really creepy visual where the camera sort of like looked up 
as the old man was like looking at the, the, the door going down the way, and the Ochi was behind him, just sort of crouched, and he was smiling really creepily in the background, and I thought that was a really cool shot. Um, you know, I don't think this has the depth of the original movie, but I, I, I don't know, I, I just, I can't dismiss it as just boring, because I don't think it was boring. Okay, maybe I'm being dismissive, but I genuinely, like, had to turn the speed up on the film, because I thought things were just getting way too drawn out with, like, slow motion shots, and, like, we're going to stay on this character's reaction for way too long, and I don't know, I, I just found everything, it was kind of like the end of Snowpiercer, where I'm like, come on already, like, I already know where this is going, just speed up. <laughs> I just wanted to end now, <laughs> or at least the scene to end. I mean, I just never felt that. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with the complaint that they over embellish on like some of those moments, but I don't think it ever got to the point where I was like frustrated. I was like, because the movie's only like an hour and forty-five. It's not. It's not like I'm watching this two and a half hour movie. And I'm like, that should be at least half an hour shorter. It's not like that at all. Um, it felt pretty long to me. But, um, I mean, hour forty-five, not short. Okay. Well, okay, well, let's talk about some of the things they keep from the original movie. They keep the numbers. Um, although, correct me if I'm wrong, I always thought in the original movie, the doors with the prime numbers were the safe ones, and uh, not the other way around. I remember also, but uh, yeah. it's been a little while since we watched it. I only saw it the one time. Yeah, I, I always remembered that being the case, so it's not a big change if they changed it. Although, there's less... Like The further you go up the numbers, I would say there's a lot less non-prime numbers so it makes sense that the prime numbers are the trap rooms from a numerical mm -hmm. standpoint i guess so you know fair enough <laughs> like uh, yeah. i have no i have no complaints about that change uh necessarily um obviously use the boots to check things eventually they test the boot in a room where it doesn't work uh which is interesting because I, I thought that trap was kind of interesting because it was uh like a bunch of spinning blades that come down from the top so they do have time to escape, but it's a, it's an interesting thing where it doesn't come on until they're all in the room, and oh, you know they're the all in The interesting thing I thought about it for it was that like all the traps have something that would activate it, so people know not to enter the room if they're being smart. But this one seemed to have a delay to where it will activate after everybody gets in, and then the doors close. So I thought it was interesting that. Okay, this it's a trapped room, but it's not an inescapable room. Like it, there's still a hatch that they can go through at the bottom. Yeah, which I was, which I was relieved by, not just because you know literally every character's in there, but also, like I don't think that would be fair. Like I think there <laughs> still should be a fairness to the trap. You know? Unlike Jigsaw, there's still a fairness to it. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I, it's an interesting scene because part of me thought because it's like maybe twenty five minutes, thirty minutes in, and I thought I think we need to be ballsy and like kill off the entire team and start a new squad. <laughs> they didn't, obviously, but I thought, oh, maybe maybe they're going to do something really wacky here. Maybe it's more like an anthology where it's like three different groups. So okay, the first group <laughs> fail miserably and all die together, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, yeah. But they, they do keep the, the quiet room, and I was wondering if they're going to keep this, which in the original was that great scene, maybe the best scene in the whole movie, is they have to drop down through a room where there's a trap, because they get to a point where every single door leads to a trap room, so it's like, what do we do now, except go back. And they have to go through this room where the trap is activated by sound. But of course, not only is it going to be difficult because they might drop something, or they, you know, they have to be careful to move slowly and quietly, 
but there's the one character who is mentally disabled who they can't predict and he doesn't understand that he has to be quiet necessarily and it's just great so they have to also go in through the bottom and that's the top also so like didn't that also add an extra element of no, they, they, people might get scared they come down from the top and yeah. go down yeah into yeah so when they're <clears throat> when they enter the silent room they have to like monkey bar across yeah, yeah. and stuff so there's an extra element of someone could fall or drop so, something and of course they do have the silent room here right and it's, a, it's a different trap though this one is more like a line of razor blades that are really thin that kind of come across the room which is cool i mean the traps all look pretty good for the most part um but i did think this was much weaker than the original because those two things i mentioned one this isn't coming down from the top so it's just kind of like going to the left it's a it's a bit mm-hmm. easier and two because we don't have the character who is unpredictable it, it just it didn't have that same tension obviously i expected something to happen to trigger the traps but it, it was just something as simple as oh no the boot the one guy was carrying fell into the into the floor and there's kind of like a slow like reach the ground it, it's okay for what it is on its own but because i've seen the original cube i'm like this is nothing compared to that scene that was a way better orchestrated scene so yeah you know i I think that one's definitely worth pointing out as a as a as a net negative <laughs> compared to the original mm-hmm. um, yeah no i would agree uh, other traps though the opening trap they do an opening kill at the first movie but instead of a grid it's these like big um square like tubes that come out the wall but notably it cuts out like a cube of flesh in the guy's stomach so you see like the, the bit of the shirt that's cut like fall first and then you just see this big honking cube of flesh just fall to the floor. Get and it? Because he... it's cubed. Because it's, it's a cube. <laughs> it's a cubed bit of meat. It's, it's very, very good. Very way. Uh, yes. Did you enjoy the laser room? Where it's like, they get a little bit of a warning because the, the targeting system kind of like locks on. And then the lasers go to hit. This is actually where uh, the, the sort of smart guy dies. Because he, he kind of saves both Goto and the kid. Um, I thought they just did it a little too many times to where I was like, okay, again, I kind of got over it, you know, because okay. they were like, okay, I'm going to go in and save the kid. And now the kid's got to save me. And now I got to save the kid again. And now another guy comes in and saves me. And now we got to both save the kid. And now, I don't know, like it was just done too many. It was too re- repetitive. <laughs> that's not that's fair. I, I think the, uh, the, the important part, of course, is that Goto makes the choice to try and save him, right? Because he hesitated before, mm-hmm. and this is a big moment that he's going to actually try and save him. Um, and it's maybe a big moment as well for, for the smart guy. Uh, but uh, no, I don't disagree that maybe there's a... Like, I think just him saving the kid and then the smart guy saving them and getting hit with the third laser beam would have been probably... You know, rule of threes. You do the first one where the kid gets saved, the second one where Goto gets saved, and then the third one is the one that kills the guy. Instead, it's like the fifth one. Like, you know, they keep dodging it for a while. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think that's fair. Yeah. Uh, those were the memorable traps, I thought. I don't know if there's any other ones that I want to mention. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, like I said, there really wasn't too much death by traps in this. So, like, we didn't really get any good ones. Oh, yeah, I don't um, think I meant... I, I said I liked the kill of uh, the killer killing the old man, but I don't think I mentioned that he, it's when the guy's got his head looking down the, through the door where the killer just grabs the the door and starts ramming it into yeah. his neck. Like the hatch. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, it's a slidey thing, so he's just sliding it into his face over and over again. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I enjoyed that, but you're right, it's not a trap death. It's a little bit different. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, and it's also just kind of implied brutality. We really don't see too much. You see the blood spatter. I think the performance on the killer's face is why I was enjoying his blood was spattering up to him. Uh, but, I don't know. I, I, I got a kick out of that. I, I think maybe they should have actually had a bit more with him after, because eventually he rejoins the other group, and the kid's immediately suspicious that he's, like, done something bad. And... I like that because it kind of implied that he recognizes him as an abuser because he's a he's an abused kid and he he, he can see the signs that this is a guy he can't trust. Um, but I almost wish they had more of this. Where so instead of the first movie where someone goes crazy towards the end, okay, you reveal that someone here is already just a psychopath. That's fine, but it would almost been nice to like know that for like two thirds of the movie where you're like, oh, when are they going to strike? Yeah. When are they going to do something? It's- kind of thing. It also like that that character has a much better payoff in the original because he starts off as somebody that you want to trust because he's in a like he says he's a cop you know he's mm. he's taking charge and it's not until throughout the movie where you realize he's not really helping he's just like taking the role of leader and actually other people are better at being leaders than he is and getting more done and saving more lives to where he starts to break and even though his performance is not great, it still, <coughs> excuse me, it makes sense for the in the context of the film of who he represents that um, that he would be the one that cracks. Yeah, and you see all the things that are that are adding up. This one is just like, oh, like the the nice meat guy from the beginning is actually a serial killer twist instead of you know having a build up to something. It, yeah, I mean, in the first film, it was like part of the social commentary that who he mm-hmm. was supposed to be and then what he actually is was a big part of it whereas here it's more just ah oh, he's like timid and likable kind of and then oh no he's actually a complete raging psychopath um it made me think a little bit of all things of uh predators uh the mm-hmm. topher grace character it made me think of yeah. him a little bit <laughs> yeah a little bit which is that... also an unsatisfying character <laughs> yeah that said though i do think this guy was a better actor in this movie <laughs> the topher grace was in that oh he's probably a better actor than the the guy from the first movie also oh that's sure like you just the, want the, sh- yeah you just I love actually, shitting yeah. on that performance though you're taking every opportunity to to, to shit on him come on what the audio listeners what yeah the audio yeah the audio listeners don't see this but tara's <laughs> doing an impression of his eyes right now it's uh yeah it's something um, so some of the little things that were different, and one of this was almost like fixing a plot hole, is, um, so in the original, eventually you find out that the cubes are moving, or at least some of them are moving, and it was, I remember listening to the commentary track and like, the director acknowledging, yeah, I mean, scientifically, there has to be a lot more, like, empty spaces for this to actually mm-hmm. function, and this movie actually deals with that, because basically what happens is, is that every so often some of the hatches just won't open. And I think you're meant to read that as whenever the hatch won't open, it's because there's not a cube on the other side. So it just won't open. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of neat. They actually kind of put a little bit of thought into that so that it, it works a little bit better. And you even see when you yeah, get... Yeah, you can see it too. When you get the scene where they're like sticking their head out of the edge, and that was in the original as well, but here you actually see another cube moving around and they can see it. And they even see the exit, which the, you see at the end of the movie, but you don't. They don't see it in advance in that original movie. That's something that only happens uh, in this one. But yeah, and when they are actually going through the exit cube, where the elevator's going up, and we get an outside perspective as an audience, 
um, you can see where there's a lot of gaps in the cube to where it looks like there's more than one of them. So, <clears throat> like more than one cube even. It's just going through a bunch of Borg ships. <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, because when you see the, the operating system or whatever it is that it cuts to a couple times where it's like making a choice of what to do to them, like it does look like there maybe there is more than one, like when I say more than one cube, I mean more than one overall cube, not just obviously <laughs> the individual rooms. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I think these little things that it did are kind of interesting. It's the sort of thing where it's a bit more polished as a movie because it has more money and the sets look a bit more expensive, the effects look a bit better, typically. Uh, there is some sort of obvious CG here or there, don't get me wrong, it's not like it's, it's you know, looking like a you know, $100 million production or anything like that, but uh, obviously what it doesn't have, though, is it doesn't have the same uh, rating, it doesn't have the same social commentary that first film did. And obviously, as well, like if you've seen the original movie, like, for me, this movie was its least interesting when it was just like them discovering the numbers. And that's one of the reasons why I would say this is absolutely a remake, is even as much as it changes, as much as it does different things, those moments where they're discovering numbers or they're testing things with a boot or they're, you know, doing certain things or the, the, the quiet room like the first movie, is that it takes so many things from the first movie and doesn't put a spin on them. Like, it's, it's presenting them as if this is the first time the audience is hearing about this, whereas if it was a sequel, and it was intended to be for people who had seen that already, they'd still have the characters figure it out, but they would do it in a way that was more maybe shorthand because the audience already knows it, or they would maybe put a spin on it and say, hey, things are different now because of this, and that's something... Yeah, it would, it would feel like Cube 2 or yeah. something, yeah. Uh, so I think there's enough differences to make it an interesting watch for people who like Cube. But at the same time, it is definitely still a remake, despite all the things that are that are different. But I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I enjoyed seeing the different things that it did with the premise. Um, it is a little bit overly melodramatic at times, but given that we've said some of the performances in the original movie, even though the social commentary is great, you know, aren't all amazing. Um, mm -hmm. Having the emotional close-ups of the lead actor as he's like, you know, crying about his dead brother <laughs> or whatever. You know, to me, that that just kind of feels like, ah, this is part of the Cube experience is someone overacting. Like, this is just... <laughs> I suppose. That, this is part of the charm <laughs> of this uh, whole thing. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Apparently, the lead actor was in that film, uh, Drive My Car, which I heard was really great. Okay. Uh, oh, that was a bit of an odd difference, is that they kind of imply the rooms are moving, like, almost at the start, because like, they can hear it. And they, they don't mm -hmm. know what it is, but this, the, the lights kind of flash and they can hear a rumble, and I'm like, oh, they're just straight up setting up right now that, like, there's movement going on, and they don't quite figure out till later, like, what it is, but uh, if you've seen the original Cube, you're like, oh, shit, they're just, they're doing that right away. Like, they're just saying, hey, this is a thing that's happening. Yeah. Uh, so, I like that. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I did like, you mentioned it at the beginning, but I did like when the colors changed because of the severity of the situation that mm. someone was in when they were in a safe room and suddenly it turns red and you're like oh well i mean it's weird that doing that unless it is like you said the situation where it's just it's it's there to i don't know like the, the, the rooms are actually changing in order to elevate the the danger of uh, the main character or something when it just decides to but <clears throat> i did like the from a direction point of like 
things are getting things are heating up in here so we're just going to change the color to a warmer palette and stuff like that yeah well i don't think it's completely random actually i think because the first time it does something where it makes a room into a trap room it's because they're seeing something that clearly whoever runs this place doesn't want them to because it's going to make it too easy as tara's pets wreck the room um he's just trying to get inside uh, and then later on when it separates them with the bars you know it, it specifically separates the old man and the serial killer away from uh our main character and the kid and i think that's maybe because it it knows they're about to go into the room with the the, the flashback and maybe at this point it's decided that these other characters like there's no hope for them like the ones who might actually learn something from this are the or go and the kids so we're separating them from the the more dangerous people in here like i like i mean maybe that's not a great reason for it but like i, I think that's kind of the logic behind it is that it's making a choice about who's going to see that 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 moment uh in there so you're saying that the cube has determined that those people don't deserve to survive and so yeah, that's why yeah. they're separated kind of yeah Kinda. Mm. Yeah. Like, Even what? the old man? Yeah, I mean... He kind of admits that he was a bad person, and that's a little bit of an arc, at least, going through the, all this stuff. Nah, that, that's true. He does at least acknowledge that he is kind of a piece of shit, but... Uh, and maybe that's just why you feel a little sympathy for him when he gets his head bashed in by... Uh, you know, uh, by, by Ochi. Ochi? Ochi, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think that's there. I think that's fine. Uh, I, I mean, whether you want to read this as the cube itself is sentient or there's like a monitoring, you know, body of what, whether it's aliens, well, people. The, the woman is, right? So. Well, yeah, but I don't know if the woman is the, like, is she the one running the cube or is she just like a, like a robot? She's the person that... in the escape room who you can go to and be like, we need a hint. <laughs> kind of, yeah. We're running out of time. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I cannot tell you. Like, it was literally like minutes before the, that scene where she talks to the kid at the end that reveals that she's not just a person. She's actually something else. But mm-hmm. right before that, I was thinking, man, this character... Because it was because see the scene before then, right? Where... So we get our big showdown where the kid's telling Goto, hey, I think Ochi did, did something to the old man. I don't think we can trust him. And then Ochi starts snapping and, like, you know, attacks Goto and injures him. So he's... Goto's down, Ochi's got his foot on his chest, he's pushed the kid away, and the kid's screaming, Goto's screaming at him. And this whole time I'm thinking, the woman just went into the cube next door and the door's still open? Why is she not coming back in? Why is she not coming in to help her find out what's going on? She's like, she's just not reacting. And then at the end of the scene, she's just in the other room and the kid goes to her when he's escaping. And I'm like, why is this character just so like removed from everything? But then the ending kind of makes sense. Oh, she's a passive observer who's working. Either she runs the cube or she's working for the cube or, or whatever it may be. But she's in there, you know, in a different capacity. So it kind of made sense at that point. But before that moment, I was like, why is this character so, like, underwritten and just, like, forgotten about at points? It was weird. But anyway, I did find I, it. Yeah, I also found it frustrating. I, yeah. I was kind of rolling my eyes at the character just because I didn't think that she was contributing much. Just uh, there to be a woman to be saved at, you know, I. So <clears throat> I'm yeah, glad they did it, something it, at the end for it, but. Yeah, but except that part is wrong, though, because she never needed to be saved. She was never in any <clears throat> danger. <laughs> that's, that's what we find right. out. Um, I, I, 
I did like uh, this trap that sort of like triggers in this room. Uh, it's not a trap room to begin with. Well, actually, oh, it's interesting now that I say that because Ochi does, like, he kind of lies to them and says there's no prime numbers and they all jump in without looking. I thought no one's going to glance at it and see if there's like mm-hmm. at least an odd number to think maybe it could be a prime number. But yeah, all, I thought that was strange too. But they all jump in and he's like, oh, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's just after uh, the kid's been talking to, to Go and he's like, there's no trap and yet it was a prime number. And then, of course, the trap does eventually spring. Um, and I was wondering, like, in, unless the cube's just choosing to activate it because of what's happening, if it's not that, then I was like, okay, what triggered it then? Is it is it the amount of, like rage is it the amount of fear in the room that's triggering it like is that what it's sensing because i mean at this point like this thing is so sci-fi that like yeah you can tell me it senses that why not like who cares like i can go with that but it's like this mm-hmm. I, I guess i'll call it like a, a biomechanical tree that sprouts through uh ochi the killer where not itchy the killer ochi the killer uh where, but it's like, it's like these metal like branches that kind of like sprout out of them, and then they keep mm-hmm. growing out of them. I thought that was a visual at least <laughs> that I'm going to remember for a little while. Yeah, that was a that was an interesting looking trap for sure, and that is where we lose our main character as well. So, it's a little sad that that's a thing that he had to experience, and instead of you know escaping, but. <clears throat> I mean, there is kind of a tag at the end where he's still alive, although I don't know why he would want to be. He's, that's such a weird statement. What do you mean, why he'd want to be? Not, <laughs> he's, not... still in a, he's still trapped in a cube, and he's like, you know, all cut it, all cut up you're... and stuff. And yeah, but you say that as, you say that as if as if he was given a yes and no choice, where it's like, here, hit green for yes, I want to be alive, and here and red for no. He just happened to survive. <laughs> I know, but like at the same time, it's like, like maybe you would have wanted to be killed instantly rather than like keep going in the cube as like someone who's horribly maimed. Well, yeah, but to be fair, I think this might be a hopeful little tag because it's like, no, he knows how to get out now, so he might actually stand a chance. If if he's still got the physical strength, he might actually be able to do it. Um, maybe. I thought, I, I don't know. I didn't see it as a hopeful ending. I was like, oh, he didn't make it and he's just injured until the cube kills him. <laughs> No, it's definitely meant to be hopeful because he he, he, he kind of sacrifices himself to save the kid because the cube's moving, which I thought, I, I was like, I was waiting for it the whole movie. I, I bet this movie was going to do the thing where the doors open and we see the other yeah. cube move, like an elevator. I, I was like, we're definitely going to see that. And I thought it was going to decapitate someone. It didn't yeah, do that. Yeah, I thought that. someone was going to get cut. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that, but it, it, it did have this thing where the kid gets through and then he doesn't. But you get the tag at the end where he wakes up um and he's still alive but not only do i think it's hopeful because it just the tone felt hopeful but because it goes the music tells you it is yeah it goes to the operating system afterwards and it goes through the characters and it's like hey okay this this one's complete it's like it's like the cube is like ticking off all of the people that it had in the cube and it gets to the kid and it says uh successful subject released which again further implies he wasn't just shot in the head (laughs) after he got out and then it goes to main character cube zero slander and then it goes to the main well the shot in the head thing's more cube two that yeah that was very cube two but cube two also was just a different kind of cube entirely that it's so uh, it's like its own thing anyway it gets to the main character goto and it says um 
subject continues, which was like, hey, there's still hope for him. He's not dead yet. And I think it's, and I don't even think it's sequel bait. I mean, maybe they do want to make a sequel, maybe they will. I have no idea if they're going to. But I think this was just meant to be like, a, no, no, he's still got a fighting chance because uh, the, the big moment and like just before he, uh, I think it's when he's fighting the, the killer um, or just before that starts, uh, we get like another part of the flashback again because we got it earlier on where he comes home and it's like POV and he sees his brother sitting at the dinner table and his brother looks really sad. And then we see all the other bits where his brother looks like he's bruised and then obviously he's on the roof and the suicide bit. But at the end, or towards the end, just before he like starts really fighting the killer, um, he gets that flashback again and he goes into the room, he looks at his brother who looks sad, but then his brother's face lights up. He smiles and says, oh, Goto, you're back. It was almost a little on the nose. It was basically saying he got his groove back, like he's himself mm-hmm. again. <laughs> and he's willing to fight for this kid. It's a bit on the nose, I'll grant you, but it's definitely meant to be this kind of like no, he's like found his inner fire again. He's willing to fight for himself and for you know this kid who's his new surrogate brother and all that stuff. So I'm not saying that he definitely gets out after the ending, but like I think the movie wants it to be at least a little bit hopeful. Like you know he maybe he can do this. Maybe he will get out. Yeah. You know? Um. So. It's absolutely the least nihilistic of all the Q movies. There's no, there's no denying. Agreed. It. Yeah. <laughs> well, whether you think that's a good thing or not is completely, you know, that's a fair statement. It's a fair debate to be had. <laughs> but like after two and three, did the nihilism so poorly where it just felt like a cheap, like, oh, we're just going to end it in a really depressing way because yeah. we don't know what else to do. Uh, yeah. It was just a Everybody refreshing dies. change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of, it was kind of like, I think I compared, when we talked about Cube Zero, I think I said, it's kind of like how the, the end of almost every found footage movie is the person mm-hmm. holding the camera dying and the camera falls to the ground. And at a certain well, point, they had I'm to just find like, the footage. Yeah. At a certain point, I'm just like, please, just have the twist be <laughs> that it's not found footage. Like, it turns out it's just a footage movie, right? And the, the, the guy, whoever it was, survived and they, they edited it into a movie and that's them. Mailed you know? it to, uh, I don't know, a studio. <laughs> Like maybe you get to the end and the final scene of a found footage movie is actually the, the, it goes it goes all you know scratchy and then it like t- goes pulls to back like... from a TV and then you see like the people saying this is where I last shot this image. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I was going to say it cuts to like an interview of the like the cameraman being like, yeah, I got out and this is all the footage that I got and oh that was that was really rough, but ho- hopefully that you found that interesting, guys. Bye <laughs> or so, you know something stupid like that. I would be endeared yeah. at this point because they all end the goddamn same way. So I think I respected that. Um, Not the VHS movies. I've only seen the first one. I can't comment on the rest. I've heard good things about the last two, but yeah, I enjoyed uh, the last one. Yeah, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'm sure me and Tim will do them on streams at some point. Um, Ninety-four was good too, and ninety-nine. I liked. Oh, I think all I most I, of them. I think all the ones that are named with years have been very well received. I think viral was the one that everyone thought was bad, but I'm only going on zeitgeist here. I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. So, um, I think the Cube remake's worth a watch. I think it does some interesting things that made me think of some other ideas and like other influences. And it's funny that the thing I'm comparing it to, Silent Hill, and specifically Silent Hill 2, didn't exist when Cube 1 came out. It's kind of funny that those ideas, maybe it's something culturally, because Silent Hill is a Japanese-developed video game. It's entirely possible these ideas are 
just a part of Japanese culture, maybe in a way that that's why they're popping up here in the same way. But regardless, I really, you know, well, I won't say I really liked it, because I don't think that's quite accurate, but I had a decent time. I, I enjoyed, I was interested in what it was doing, and I think it's worth a watch. I think it's better than the two sequels that we already had, but it doesn't touch the original, because the original is actually such a great little low-budget social satire, and you can't escape the fact that half of this movie is just repeating things from the original um, and it's inherently less exciting because of that. Like, I don't think you can escape that too much. So, yep. yes. So, I dread to think what you're about to rate this because you, you're very passionate. And you're, I have poo-pooed this film quite a bit. You have poo-pooed um, it. Trying to think of what it deserves versus what I want to give it. But, you know, I don't have much time left on this show, so I'm just going to give it a three. A three? I don't like it. <laughs> ah, but a th- I, 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 but a three is like... That's I, like I think it's a bad movie. level of movie. <laughs> no, but those movies are good. And those movies are <laughs> worth watching and entertaining. And most of them are tens. But this one, I... So you thought this was weaker than Cube 2? That's what you're saying here. Yeah, I said this was my least favorite. Okay. This, I would rank this one Fair less. Enough. Fair enough. Um, and Cube, I don't think I gave Cube a bad rating. I think you attacked me because I didn't praise it as much, but like, I don't think I gave it a bad score. Wait, I'm sorry. Are you mad because someone keeps pestering you about a rating you gave one movie a couple of years ago? Hmm. What, what does that sound familiar, Tara? Well, I mean... I I just don't understand how you, like, justify giving The Matrix a 9.5 instead of a 10, like, what it deserves. Even after you called it a flawless masterpiece. (laughs) I don't know if those exact words came out of my mouth. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm quoting you directly. I'm pretty sure the difference between... You're you're mad at me from a 0.5 of a difference... Where I am poking fun at you for only giving Cube what like a six point five, something like that. I think I think I gave it a seven. Maybe you gave it a seven, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a six point five because I just didn't like it as much as I wanted to. But I mean, you know, alleg- allegorically in science, the sci fi stuff is great and I think I've I mentioned that. It's just, you know, it wasn't as for me. Okay. Okay. Well uh there you go. Those the cube movies all done. Uh, wrapped up, done, dusted, and uh, if there's would ever... you rate it? Oh yeah, good, good question. Uh, I was I was thinking about this actually uh, quite a bit. I I think I want to settle on a six point five. I don't think it's quite at the level where I'd call it outright good, and therefore give it a seven. But I think it was an entertaining enough watch. I had a good enough time with it for what it was. And uh... I bet you never watch it again. I mean, there's tons of sixes and six point fives that I'll never watch again. That's <laughs> not really saying it. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think you found this entertaining enough to like ever. Be like, I don't know. Maybe you would recommend it to someone who's a fan of Cube. But if you're, if someone was like, I'm interested in the Cube movie, but I only like modern movies, would you say, okay, like watch this one? I would never recommend it instead of the original Cube. That's that's an insane yeah. thing to suggest. Yeah, I know, because it's not that good. <laughs> 
I think you're like I may never watch it again, and I don't think that's necessarily like oh, it's absolute. Like you give it a three, a three out of ten is like that's like dark, movie. that's like Darkness Falls levels of just trash. I don't know what that movie is, <laughs> but it sounds like it's for me. It's trash. <laughs> I don't think this movie's trash. It's definitely not like it's just flawed. It's not. It's not perfect, but it's got some interesting ideas. Yeah. All right, yeah. okay. Well, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Tara didn't come to, to play today, apparently. Uh, so <clears throat> here we are. That is uh, our thoughts on the Cube uh, Japanese remake from 2021. Uh, next time, we've got a movie that Tara's probably going to praise to the high heavens, even though everyone on the planet thinks it's shit. Uh, and that is John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars, which was a vote winner. <laughs> so um, I've never seen this. I'm kind of excited. Yeah, we got, we got Is it Vampires? Like, am I, I actually getting ghosts? Because that's what I want. I want people to go to Mars and all of a sudden it's haunted. I have no idea, honestly. I, I don't even know why you're asking about vampires. Maybe uh, That makes me think it is, and that's why you're asking that question, but I've never heard of it being vampires. That would be really funny. There are vampires on Mars. That would be the only thing that would make it better than ghosts. <laughs> if it was called Ghosts of Mars and they were actually vampires. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we've got about, what, four or five movies left with Tara uh, and then a countdown, and that's that's how we're wrapping stuff up. Uh, so look forward to, to that. I know David's delighted that you're doing Ghost of Mars before he comes on, so he doesn't have to do it ever. So, Well, I mean, there are plenty of stuff that I skipped and that you guys get to do together. <laughs> oh, we're well aware. We're well aware of that, Tara. Yeah. I haven't done any Shyamalan movies. I mean, there's only a couple of those that would count as sci-fi, but... Uh, one of which I like. One, one of them's good. I like yeah. Signs. Me too. Um, I think, anyway. I liked it in the theaters. I haven't seen it since. I'm not looking forward to watching After Earth, but I know we have to do it at some point, but it's... it's Pretty sure The Happening is a sci-fi. It's... Yeah, it's kinda. It's just one of those kind of borderline things where I guess it is because it doesn't really fit anywhere else, but at the same time, it doesn't feel that science fiction-y either. You guys could do it on screens then. I don't know. We've got more important things to do on streams. That's been the Atomic Sam Experiment. You can support all the content over at patreon.com slash TV, and you get bonuses and all, all sorts of things for your troubles. Um, of course, uh, Tara is leaving in about four or five episodes' time. And then uh, it's shifting over to David at that point. Um, so you'll be getting David episodes starting around the end of November, start of December. So, you know, prepare for the transition. It'll be emotional, I guess. Fireworks, trombones. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. You seem so conflicted. Maybe some cake. Oh, there will be cake. There will be some cake. Uh, I ate two cakes today. Whole cakes. <laughs> well, there was cinnamon rolls. I mean, they're kind of cake-like. I was good. I, I was I was picturing two like, you know, A three size birthday cakes in my head when you said that. Only on my birthday. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> all right, that's the show, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us. Like, subscribe, all the usual things. We appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction and computer at salsa. Thank you.